a while ago, you're getting resuscitated because you're dead. Same thing with Carl. And it's like, man, to see that, there's no doubt about the goodness and the glory and the power and the majesty of who God is. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Yeah, happy new year. Happy new year. Welcome back, baby. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. New year, new me. Hopefully, maybe. New year, new me, he says. (laughs) Hey, before we get started, this episode is going to be fun. Uh, We figured we'd pop the new year off with some uh, very interesting um, stories that you and I have met. And not crazy, we won't say that word, but some of the wild stories of rehab. Uh, Chitty and I thought we would share... um, and then we have some scripture and stuff at the end, but I mean, I think this will be a fun episode. Hopefully you enjoy it. But before we get into it, man, I am, first off, I, I know I'm not in shape as I used to be, but I'm an athlete at heart. Well, and I, well, well, well <laughs> just, just, just don't do that. But when I hear you and Freddie and Carl and all the other guys talk about frisbee throwing come on what's it called it's called disc golf disc golf that's right like it's some kind of athletic adventure they just talked i just overheard them talking about how some guy got signed for four mil four mil shout out ricky wasaki i don't even know what that means but you're acting like this is a sport and so here's what i want to do because i am very confident in my own abilities i think we should go outside y'all have the little disc what's it called disc Uh, golf basket uh, basket Mm -hmm. i saw the basket when i pulled up outside Let's go out there and let's have a challenge. If I beat you, you have to buy everyone lunch. If you beat me, I'll buy everyone lunch. You sure, best out of three, closest you sure to you want these problems. Best out of three, if one of us doesn't hit, closest to the pen. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> confident that throwing a piece of plastic at a at a chain link thing isn't athletic, and so I'm confident in my abilities. Okay, all right. You want to do this? Challenge accepted. Lunch. Let's go on for the, the pod. Let's go. All right. Let's challenge go. Accepted. Let's go outside. All right, this is embarrassing. First first thing I have to say, my first two shots, the sun was in my eyes. So mind you that whatever you see, whatever footage you watch, whatever clip Carl posts, the sun was in my eyes for two of those. And then on that third one I threw, I stubbed my toe. So Come on, unfortunately, man. this dude, let's listen. he listen. was he was closer on one listen. shot. Granted, listen. we missed all six shots. That's true. Listen, <laughs> listen. Is it true that you play a lot of disc golf? I wouldn't say how that. many times would you say you've played in the last six months? 
Cora, help me out. Maybe 30? Yeah. 30 about, times. I'll say about 30. Ask me. Well, let me preface this first, right? Let me preface this. This dude's been training for Zero. six months Zero. for that moment. Zero times have I ever played a game of disc golf in my life. My life. But now that we got that out of the way, that was fun. Oh, my god, That was fun. And, was I mean, fun. sometimes we'll do it again. you just need a wise person to come in and show you the error of your ways. But, hey, I'm glad you guys have fun. That's cute. Yeah, that's right. That's cute. No, I'm <laughs> actually, fun. after doing that, man, I, I really do think I'd enjoy playing with you all. That'd be pretty fun. It's fun. It seems pretty fun. It's awesome. Yeah. So, awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Just another dominant performance from a superior athlete. But here's what we'll do. We're going to dive into this episode. <laughs> We're going to dive into this episode, and um, we're going to talk about some of the wildest stories. Obviously, we both have some. There's yeah. there's many that we would not be allowed to ever say on air. That's right. Uh, we're trying to keep it somewhat light, somewhat fun. And so I'll start with one, and then you take one. Yeah. And then at the end, I do have some a script from my heart as we dive into this new year. Just one that I think would be cool, and I've talked about it before, I don't think, on this podcast. but um, But, yeah, so let's see. Story numero uno. Um, <laughs> I would say let's start off with kind of a light one, somewhat, right. somewhat not not too far in the past. But you guys know we have catapult on Thursday nights. Catapult on Thursday nights. We've talked about how Carl's flooded the Come church. On. We're not going to bring that's, that up again. That's the best story of all Probably time. Probably the best story yeah. of all time. You know, <laughs> literally uh, cost many couple ten thousand dollars <laughs> no he didn't uh, <laughs> he thought that was real his but, face was just shocked but, but ryan thought it was pretty funny that if that were true uh but no so we're at catapult and on this night man it was a full band a lot of times we just have josh epifanio and he sings kind of acoustic it's amazing sometimes we have two or three but this night it was a full band it was drums keyboard guitar two vocalists maybe another guitar and the reason i say that is important you'll see in the story so i'm not preaching this this catapult but i'm back in the booth i'm doing the sound or the slides probably carl's doing the sound i'm doing the slides or something i'm back in the media booth and i noticed man we're in the middle of worship and people are standing up and it's loud right full band it's loud and i notice a, a crew of people walk in because the media booth's kind of in the back and the door's right here next to it and so i noticed people walk in i was like hey welcome never seen you but come on in man make yourself obviously you know want to be welcoming but i kind of noticed something something hit my brain is like they look like they're looking for something. Like they just had a look like. And then it went to my mind. It was like, they like they look like they might be police officers or military or something. Oh, they have a mission. And so now my radar's up and I'm kind of just watching them. And they kind of start making their, their way to one of our students, one of our SRs. As, as we call them students, but we're supposed to call them SRs. And then all of a sudden it was like, Two big jack dudes, another not really big guy, and then a woman. And the woman made her way over to one of her students, and I saw her kind of talking. And then I look, and I see there's like a bounty hunter badge on one of them. And I don't know what happened, dude. I mean, inside of me, I just felt rage. Mm-hmm. Not because bounty hunters doing their job, but it was I don't I guess it was a protective thing. Yeah, I was like, hey, we're at a religious service worship, yeah. so we're worshiping the King of Kings, and you're going to come in and try to interrupt. So I kind of. I don't even know if, if if it was you, Carl, in the booth, but I just kind of, boom, let's go. And I was like, get out. And I started, st- and I stood in the back and I was like, get out. And they're like, we're not leaving without him in handcuffs. I go, you're leaving now. Get out of here. This is a religious service. And they're like, we're not leaving. 
and the worship music's banging. I could see that the people on stage could see me in the commotion, but I'm in the back, and no one else is even turning around. They couldn't hear us. So I finally got him outside, and I shut the door so the service can go. And the guy, they didn't take the guy, but he, he was where I'm sure he was looking for exits. But I got him out in the parking lot, man, and I was just like, listen, what are you doing? And like we've got a we've got a I don't know what I guess a warrant. And I go you understand that this guy's in rehab. Like yeah. we are a licensed medical or mental health facility, uh, licensed by the state. You can't just come and get him. He's like, yeah, we can. I got the the attorney or district attorney, so we could. I was like, well, get him on the phone, man, because that's not happening. That's illegal. I don't even know if it is. I just said that. Right. I thought I've heard that. I wasn't lying, right. but I really didn't think you could take someone out of treatment. Right. For this. He's like, man, I'm not leaving here without him. We can do it the easy way or hard way. I go, man, I don't know what I said. I'll probably try to make something up to make me sound tougher. But, I mean, I was I was on it. I wasn't thinking. I was just on it. Papa Bear, you know. And eventually I was just like, all right, what does it take, man? Because he's not leaving today. This dude is fine. And it was like the week before or that week right. earlier in the week. Catapults on a Thursday. Earlier in the week it was like some report came out about this guy and he was just a major moment in his life. Like some kind of release or some kind of something happened. And it would have been devastating in my mind for him to leave treatment to go get check himself. And, and the guy was, you know, he was pretty friendly. He's like, man, he's just going to have to check himself in. He'll probably get out in a few days or something like that. I was like, man, no, 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 you don't get it. Man, this is going to mess up the flow of everything that's happening in his life. I go, what do we need to do? And so we ended up making an arrangement. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want, don't want it to sound like boastful or anything. But we ended up making an arrangement to where the ministry vouched for him. And he allowed him to stay, and, you know, we drove him to check himself in at the time he graduated. And, man, everything I've heard from then is this guy's just doing great, and it was phenomenal. But chasing off uh, bounty hunters at Catapult was definitely one of the wildest, uh, <laughs> wildest yeah, things. and in, I think it was a lot more intense, too, than, like, probably what people realize. Yeah, it was pretty know? intense. Like, that's it a hostile was, situation. It was pretty they they were because you know I mean they obviously and they have a job to do and and I'm sure they get in really harsh situations so they're you know hardened and and have dealt with probably anything and everything and so yeah. they were ready to go and I mean I I didn't stand a chance against these dudes right? right and I wasn't wanting to fight or anything but I just I just wanted them out and they went out and I honestly don't know if anyone knew like anyone knew besides the guy that she went and talked to and the band on stage because afterwards she was like what was going on you look pretty uh, upset and I, so i was you know they yeah i was that. at that catapult and i didn't even know it happened i didn't yeah. even know it had gone on so that was a pretty wild moment you know one i'll never forget and by god's grace you know it worked out as even able to like talk with them after after we worked the deal out man they're cool as a fan and um, I don't, I don't really remember if they're going to support the ministry or whatever they said, but I mean, it was like those kind of conversations at the, when it was all said and done, it was yeah. like, we were all cool, man. I believe in what you're doing. I understand that. You know, he just wanted to make sure that he wasn't on the line for this guy. And so yeah. that was one of the wildest, one of the wildest that I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I'm going to go with my, one of my craziest rehab stories, um, We'll go with one of my airport pickups first. So, um, oh boy, where's this? This going? is this this. I don't know if it was one of my first airport pickups. This was a few years ago, though. This could go a lot of different ways. This, I know a lot this of airport was stories. Pre um, licensing, all that stuff. This was probably three years ago, but I end up going to pick this guy up uh, from the airport, and we're on the way back, and there was construction going on on twenty four. So I had to take, I think it's Old Murfreesboro Highway or something like that. It takes you all the way from Nashville 
um, to Murfreesboro. Yeah. And so we get on old Murfreesboro Highway or whatever it's called, and this guy is, is wanting to, to stop frequently, you know, whether it's to go to the restroom, get something to drink, and I'm just – I don't like stopping. You know, that's one of our yeah. procedures. It's yeah, like, yeah. hey, I, my job is to get pick you up and get you back to the lodge yeah. safely. So I kept telling him no, kept telling him no. We stopped once to let him pee. We get back in, and we're going down. And I can tell he's getting a little bit more aggravated and agitated as we go um, and just getting kind of just real squirrely and not wanting to, to go, essentially. Um, so we get to this light, and he looks at me just <laughs> dead in the eye, bug-eyed, and he's like, I'm not ready. And so he gets out, he jumps across like four lanes of traffic. Granted, there's no cars coming. So he wasn't like, um, it, oh my gosh. about to get hit or anything, but he runs across the four lanes and runs off into the woods. Oh my gosh. And so I call Comer <laughs> immediately and I'm like, dude, old boy just jumped out the car and is gone. And he's like, ha ha ha. Cause me and him have a funny relationship. Yeah. I mess with him a lot. He messes with me. So he's like, ha ha. Very funny. Let me talk to him. I'm like, bro dude is gone. Like he's not here anymore. He just ran off into the woods and he's like, where are you at? I'm like, I don't know. I'm on Murfreesboro highway somewhere. And so I ended up trying to call this guy or no, maybe I called one of our intake guys. Cause I didn't have his personal cell phone number and his phone was dead. Anyways, long story short, I'm driving back and forth on this road for like 20 minutes. And this is at night, right? This is at yeah. night, dude. And he took off into woods. It's like, dude, I, I and remember, I, this guy's from another state. Right. That's why he's picking him up at the airport. No family here or anything. He's just like, I'm out. Yeah. So I'm I'm going up and down this road, and I'm calling Comer with updates. Ain't found him. I don't I don't know where he's at, but I'm gonna keep searching. So I get a call from one of our intake guys, who said that this guy had made it to a gas station. And dude, if you knew the layout of where I was, how he made it to this gas station, I still have no idea. It was like the opposite way of where he ran. How long, how long co- was that time period from jump to 20 to, to 30 minutes. Oh, wow. 20 to 30 minutes. But, dude, it was a few miles, a couple miles down at least. And it was on the opposite side of the road where he hopped out at. So I get a call from one of my guys saying, hey, he just called his wife from this gas station. Go to this gas station and pick him up. So I pull up. And dude's not happy to see me, but I convince him to get in the van um, and come to the lodge. He sleeps it off. Um, apologizes, man. I ended up actually coaching this guy, became really, really good friends with him. He was awesome in the program. I got to see an immense amount of growth um, and some things that God did in his life, but it was, it was gnarly, dude. It was, it was gnarly to just watch him. Like, as he looks me in the eyes, I'm not ready. And then like to see him just take off and I'm sitting there like, all uh, right, because I couldn't just like park where I was in the middle of the road and get out and run with yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, no. Anyways, he got like the logo on the side of the van in the middle. Right, of the road. Exactly. Bing, bing. It's yeah. like, sorry, you got a runner. We got a runner. I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, that's pretty wild. That's pretty awesome. It was gnarly though. That is pretty funny. Um, or looking back, it's funny. Right. In the time, it's not. And right. I mean, I know. I'm sure the guy would think that's pretty funny now too. Um. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, I've got one. So for those that don't know the program, that don't know the layout of our property, we have a, a classroom and there's a there's a room that's highly secured that, that we keep people's personal property, their medication, that kind of stuff. There's like one, two, three, four locks or something like that just to get into wherever it is. And so <laughs> now in the classroom, there's a drop ceiling, right? Um, and drop ceiling mean there's ceiling tiles and stuff like that. And so one morning they come in 
uh, I might have, I was teaching or something. I noticed over in the corner where like the classroom meets this room that there's a lot of like dirt and dust and one of the ceiling tiles is kind of jacked up. And I was like, well, what's that? Interesting. And then kind of to do a little more figuring out, figuring out, looking into it. It's like, man, I need to go look at these cameras because not only do we have four locks in this room, there's like every angle of this room possible. Right. Every cabinet, every, everything is covered in this room. Yeah. I mean, even to like where you sign off on stuff. So it's like, man, this is enough to warrant looking at a camera. And I kid you not, man, probably like two o'clock in the morning. It was like one of those like world's dumbest criminals yeah, videos yeah. that you watch. That was awesome. <laughs> there you like, yeah. you like fall in. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just gonna look at this room because nothing was missing. Everything was fine. There was nothing broken, you know, I mean, besides ceiling tiles and stuff. And so I was like watching all of a sudden about 2 a.m. Because motion, you can kind of click. Yeah. I wasn't watching all that. But motion at 2 a.m. So I went to 2 a.m. And like a guy, like one leg comes in front of the camera. And then like falls into the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like looking for his stuff. I think he wanted his phone or something. Because you're not allowed to have your phones. And this guy was a wild man. And um, really good dude now. Like really good dude now. Uh, but was reaching uh, like into the cabinet. The cabinet's locked, but he's trying to put his hand like up, almost like a vending machine. Like if you try to put your hand in a vending machine yeah. to grab like a or like the little stuffed animal yeah. claw machine. Yeah, you, you try to like stick out. your hand up yeah. there and you get one of these coming out. And so he was doing that, looking around, and about ten minutes couldn't get anything. And then all of a sudden, you could just see he looked up and he saw the camera and he stared at it <laughs> probably for five seconds. I thought it was like a minute, but probably for five seconds it just got up wide eyed, and then he goes. Like, now he can't see me and now then, he can't see and then me. like spider-man out of the room and fell down and it was pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny needless to say he got in big trouble big trouble um just because i mean you know obviously we can't have that but yeah reconciled yeah, he's just he's a good guy now like i said but that was uh that was a very interesting interesting wild story yeah that that's share. pretty crazy yeah Okay, um, let's see. I got another one. Um, yeah, I'll do the birds one. So once again, this was a few years ago as well. Um, and I think I was either – no, I was a staff member at this point. Yeah, so this is probably – yeah, this was a few years ago. But I stayed back uh, from church with two guy, two new guys that we had just got. Um, and I, I think I was sick or something because I was in my room for a little bit. But one of the guys comes and knocks on my door, and there was another staff member back there with me. I can't remember who it was. <clears throat> um, and he, it's a uh, – uh, well, I can't say his name. I was about to say a name. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good thing I didn't do that. <laughs> but he comes in, he knocks on my door, and he's like, uh, hey, Chitty, the birds. And I'm like, what? Because he had an accent. And I'm like, what do you mean the birds? He's like, the birds in the living room. <laughs> I'm like, what? Birds in the living room? Preface this. This was many moons ago, yes, yes, which yes, you yes, probably yes. said, but many, many, many moons ago. Did you get the one over there? Go ahead. So I go out there, and there was like, I think they're called right chimney swifts or whatever. Oh, At least no, that's what man. they were calling Come them. On. They so, I wanted them dead. There's about three of them oh! flying in the living room. And, and, and we're all just freaking out. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure they're harmless, but it just looks weird. A bird flying in a confined area like that. And so I go grab Justin. I think Justin was up in the office. And so we're looking. We're like, man, it sounded like a lot more fell through at the time. Because for the, the week prior to that, we had heard them in the chimney. But they were never getting all the way through. So we're searching the house. And we're looking. And we're looking. And. There's this little shelf by the back door, and we go to the door, and I actually have a couple of pictures and videos of this, so Carl may be able to pop some up right now. 
we pull this little shelf out and we just see a line of 10 of them just curled up like this, looking up next to the back door. And dude, I freaked out. But anyways, we have a bit. I have a video of Justin getting these out with the broom. Shout out Justin Carter. Dude, shout out Justin Carter. And it was absolutely hilarious. I have footage of like a bird coming at me as I'm filming and we're just ducking and dodging. And me and the two other guys in there were just cracking up the entire time. And one of our other staff members gets home. Can I say a staff member name? Are they current? No. No, ex. probably not. Okay. One of our, our ex-staff members um, just comes in, and he's a big country dude, you know, so he don't fear oh, nothing. Yeah. Okay. But he comes in and just, he's like, dude, he's just grabbing them like it's nothing and throwing them outside. Like, what are y'all guys doing? And we were in there panicking for like 30 minutes straight, dude. You can hear Ryan squealing like a, there is a squeal. I have a video with a squeal in it, so I'm going to send it to Carl and see if he can post it up. But oh, man. It was good. hilarious. It was one of the moments you had to be there, but it was hilarious. I'm sure one of the guys actually watching this, he was there, so he'll probably get a good kick out of it. That's good. That's good. Oh, I'm trying to think which ones. I mean, there's a lot I could tell. I don't know how how appropriate for our podcast some of them are, just with, with mm-hmm. the heaviness of it or whatever. But um. I guess I could tell a, a one that I hadn't discussed. What, what was the other one that I was thinking of? I kind of mentioned which one I wanted to tell. You yeah, did, one. producer. Yeah, not that one. Mm-mm. Gosh, you did have another one. I can share my last one. And Go ahead. Remember. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to end with a good one, man. Um, I was going to end with a good one, too. I'm going to end with um, my brother, uh, Garrett, who's a fellow staff member of mine and one of my closest uh, friends here. And... Man, it was a magical, magical moment. Um, so we try to take the guys out every summer. We do take the guys out every summer. We'll rent pontoon boats and a ski boat and we'll tube and, and just have a good time out on the lake. And we kind of have a, a ritual now as of the past couple of years where we tie the boats up and we kind of just share our testimonies, you know. just We had a ton of guys out there. and uh, Just share what's on your heart. Share what God's doing. Share maybe a new thing that God is showing you or revealing to you. And um there was like how many, Carl? There was probably 25 of us that day who shared. Probably a solid 25 of us and just going one by one, just sharing. The Lord is just moving in a mighty way. Um, and if you know Garrett, you know he's not very emotional, at least not externally, you know. Um, and so it gets to him, and, man, the Holy Spirit's presence just washed over him. And I remember, I don't remember exactly everything that he said, but I remember at one point he talked about, you know, how during this time, because it was in the summer, uh, a couple years ago, he was always having to wear long sleeve shirts to cover up all the tracks, track marks on his arms and just how dark his life was and how hopeless and how far from freedom he thought he was or, or knew he was. And in that moment, he just, he had this sense of gratitude and like, you know, in those certain special moments with God, we're like, you know what he's done for you, you know, all that he's done for you and how amazing it was. But sometimes it just hits deeper. It hits in a more intimate, real manner. And you saw that wash over him all at once. And it was beautiful because this is when, this was shortly after he started dating his now wife, who he just had a a baby with just recently. Shout out. Congrats, Garrett. That's awesome, dude. Garrett. Um, But I could see the appreciation in that moment, too, because he started to talk about her and her daughter Mm. and that God would trust him. Mm. He like he would trust me. 
with mm. something so precious and you saw like the gravity of yeah. it and just that that because Garrett's not a very emotional guy no he's he's a he's very dry humor yeah. I love his humor yeah not a lot of people you know understand dry humor but he's not a very emotional guy mm-hmm. so I bet this was even more absolutely yeah. absolutely and he was just in awe he was in awe of like what God had done for him blessing him with a beautiful woman and a daughter and um, just man, I look over at Carl at one point and dude is just weeping. Carlos. Oh, just yeah. weeping. And I lost it. Well, I looked at Carl and I immediately lost it. Cause I was already, you know, I was already getting there and I just lost it, man. And I just remember embracing him afterwards and just telling him like how proud of him I was and how awesome that was, man. Just his, his, his willingness to just share his heart in that moment. And just the Lord captured him and just, you know, just man it was i still think about that to this day that was probably one of my top five favorite moments that that i've been here man yeah awesome and i mean anyone that knows carl knows he's not a very emotional guy carl doesn't ever cry him to cry the only time i've seen for him to cry right there probably wrecked you yes and that that's probably why i cried (laughs) it's just because i saw carl he's over there dying laughing obviously we're being facetious with carl uh i love carl and that he's in tune and doesn't care about people seeing his emotions. Yeah. Why would he? Carl's Carl's yeah. one of my closest brothers yeah. in life. Very, period. very, very, yeah. Very big part of this ministry. And so, man, I, I'll kind of do a, a curveball here uh, in the aspect of my last story. Uh, I didn't plan on doing this, but I think it's twofold. One, it's how, for me personally, it's like how crystal clear God has confirmed my calling at S2L and then the fruit that he's allowed me to see that means crazy. So two part. So number one, if you've heard my testimony, some of you have, many of you have, when I first was offered a position here, uh, making $50 a week, driving about an hour to work, mm. uh, working six days a week, uh, actually seven days a week, one week, six days a week, the next. So every other week I had Sunday off. It was a different situation then. Uh, we know we had three or four or five, six staff members. Now we have 30. And so I remember that offer coming in, my wife and I's relationship restored. She's living in Knoxville where I'm from. My parents, her parents, any career opportunity I had was in Knoxville. And so when I did the internship, they asked me to come on full time for $50 a week. And I was like, we'll pray about it. Yeah. And we'll do the church answer. We'll pray about it. And so I asked my wife, Hey, no, I, no, no chance, but let's pray about this. I committed that you and I would, and she's in Knoxville again. Remember, and on the second day of prayer, uh, my wife's boss comes to her and offers her a promotion, a potential promotion if she's willing to move to Middle Tennessee, where S2L is. If you don't know, Knoxville's in East Tennessee, about two and a half, three hours away from uh, where the ministry is here in Middle Tennessee. And so he comes and offers her the, a job or a potential promotion if she's willing to move to Middle Tennessee. And we're just like, wow. Really? Okay. And then the second time, the second confirmation is I was, I don't know how many years, I've, I was a pastor already at this point. Um, I was in leadership at this point. So it was it was a few years ago, but it was many years after I first started. Um, and I was offered a, a pastoral role uh, at a church and in another country, actually. And I haven't talked about this a ton just because it, it, it was very private and uh, me and my family and, and because of the offering and things like that, I just, I knew I, I had a feeling I had to do it and we were going to go to this European country and my family and my wife. And I knew I just needed to 
my wife and her like family are very close with her sisters and mom and dad. And so I knew that was an obstacle. And I went to Katie and said, Hey, uh, we were actually both called in to, and asked to pray about this. And so she, I didn't have to explain it to her. And then after a few days, you know, we were fasting and praying. And after a few days, my wife said, Adam, if you feel we should go, we'll go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at that point I was like, yeah, we're going then. I mean, if she, for her to say that and the whole family piece to kind of get over that, I was like, okay, I'm going to continue fasting and praying. And, and I mean, everything in my mind I thought was, yeah, we're, we're going, we're going to be doing this. And this is crazy, man. And so continue praying, continue fasting. And then just was not, was, was uneasy about it. And the next day, maybe the last day that I told him I want to get back to him or something like that, I got a call and I don't even remember who this was from. That sounds pretty terrible to say. Pretty sure things are, are really good. Uh, but I got a call, and it was just like, Adam? And I go, yeah, hey, who is this? And he was like, hey, man, I just attempted suicide, and you're the first person I'm calling when I'm coming to. I need help. 30 minutes later, I get a call from a, a dear friend to this day, and he's like, hey, man, I'm about to die or something like that. Something very serious. I need help. And I just felt like God was making it very clear that I'm not released from this ministry because wow. of back-to-back things. And it was like amazing things have happened with the ministry since then, with the licensure and the campuses. And it's like, okay, God, I got it, right, inside of that. I didn't understand then. I didn't really want to go, per se. It seemed like a cool adventure to do that. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure I was released. And with those two things, I was weeping. I was like, God, why am I so hard-headed? Why do you have to do these things for me to like hear you? I don't want to have to go through like these. I want to be able to just hear you. And I think it's because he knows I'm hard headed, but I mean, it was, it was pretty clear. It's like, you're not released Adam. You're needed here. I'm, I'm wanting you to be here. I'm wanting to use you here. And so now that rolling into the fruit and what brings me the greatest joy on the planet right now, outside of my kids and my wife is when I see men, that God's allowed me to speak into disciple, be a part of their journey. And then I get to see them preaching the gospel, mm. like staff at catapult staff at churches. You preached the other day at a church, a couple of weeks ago at a church or gave a message. And then not only that, but like we had a do it. We had like a flu outbreak. So just to be safe, we locked it down. We didn't allow our guys to go to church. Just, we didn't want to spread it. Um, which is all fine now, but because of that, we didn't go to church and the guys, I don't know who suggested or what happened, but the guys, a couple of the uh, more senior SRs developed a message, Mm. wrote it out and presented it to not only the people there at the campus, but also the staff. And I was able to, I wasn't there, but I was able to hear it. Uh, I think Carl, you recorded audio, one of them. And I mean, that's just like to hear that. And I mean, the reason that that's so special and that's so like wild, I guess is what we're saying. Wild rehab stories is because myself, you, Carl, all of these guys that are preaching the gospel, these students, these SRs that were preaching the other day, it's like, man, just, just for them, just months ago in prison, in jail and months ago, OD'd a while ago, you're getting resuscitated because you're dead. Same thing with Carl. And it's like, man, to see that, there's no doubt about the goodness and the glory and the power and the majesty of who God is. Come on. And that's just wild. I'll never get over the wildness of rehab story of that. Mm. It's like damaged goods, what the world sees is less than, 
no one trusts, rightfully so, all of these bad things, and then all of a sudden, God's using them to proclaim His glory. Mm. And dude, that's like, even now, I'm just like, gosh, man. Like, thank you, Lord, for seeing fruit. Thank you for allowing me to see that. I have nothing to do with it. I know I'm just, a, I'm just, He's allowing me to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know it's not Adam, but because I'm a part of it, it's amazing, man. It, it, I don't even know, like, I don't, there's no drug that's ever felt like this. Does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. Like, no drug's ever compared to this feeling. And that's crazy. Someone that's taking drugs and, like, chasing a dragon, you're always chasing that first hit or whatever. There's no drug that can even compare to the feeling that I get. And it's, it's not about me, right? No. It's like, the, I'm seeing others and, like, I don't know, man. It's crazy. But we've been going for a minute. Do you have a scripture you want to hit with? I have one if you want me to just close it Go up. ahead, yeah, because we're... Yeah. So this is the Shema. This is a Jewish prayer. This is in the Old Testament. It's in Deuteronomy. And I figured as we're marching into this new year, um, this is a prayer that's memorized by uh, Jewish people. And I think it would be wise for us to memorize it or to write it out. And, and here's what it is. And it's... Um, Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I have commanded you today shall be on your heart. Listen, fathers. Listen, mothers. Listen, big brothers. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. What? What are you talking of? What are you teaching? The words of God. Mm. When you shall sit in your house and talk about them. And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land, that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fulfill, are fill and cisterns that you did not dig and vineyards that and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat are full and full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Now that part's not a part of the prayer. Verse 10 and on's not, but if you go from verse four to nine, that's the Shema. And the reason, and I believe they pray that twice a day. They, they recite that. They pray that to God twice a day. And it's just a reminder, man, uh, as we march into this year, we're a few, let's see, today's the 8th, is that right? Friday the 5th. Friday the 8th? 6th? 7th? I don't know. I know it's not the 5th. Today's Friday and it's the 7th. Sorry. Thank you, Producer Carl. He's good. <laughs> we pull up that Wikipedia Our days are backwards, yeah. But if you would, if you would, just join me in this as we march into this new year to remind ourselves, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. That means my computer, my phone, my children, my wife, my career, my status, my money. Those aren't gods. There's only one God. And it just reminds us that we should be, uh, we should love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and might. And that he commands us to proclaim his word to our kids. Whether you're walking in your house talking about it, whether you're going along the way talking about it, whether you're sitting over here talking about it, like your life is consumed with the word of God and the ways of God and that we are looking to things above. And so that's my encouragement. Um, tune in next week. We're going to have a pretty serious episode next week um, and the week after, I think, uh, just with some topics that Ryan and I are talking about. But 
Guys, Happy New Year. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It was pretty light and then kind of got serious at the end. You saw the athletic dominance of one of us here at the table. Well. And uh, <coughs> and that's Life After Addiction, baby. You better believe it. Come on. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.